Welcome to Series 1, Episode 5. This is an archive of live video Q&As streamed online. In this episode, I was joined by Nikki Towler from Virtual DCS, and we were absolutely delighted to welcome former Labour leader Ed Miliband, now Shadow Business and Energy Secretary. At the time, he was campaigning to change the Sybil's loan scheme to give 100% underwriting by the government. He was very open, extremely engaging, and really honest. Enjoy. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Welcome to another live with live Q&A with the Yorkshire Coronavirus Business Support Group. So Johnny and I set up the group with uh, the goal of supporting Yorkshire businesses throughout the crisis. And today we have a very, very special guest with us, Mr. Ed Miliband, the newly appointed Shadow Secretary of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. So thank you for taking the time out of your crazy busy schedule to talk to us. We've got uh, almost 500 businesses represented in the group and we're all eager to get your thoughts on the current crisis. Uh, But first things first, congratulations on being back on the front bench how does it feel to be back well it's it, look it's good to be back uh, it's it's important to be back at this time i think nikki because it's a time when the country's obviously going through a massive national crisis um and so many businesses and this is particularly why my area of work is important so many businesses are facing such distress including in yorkshire and I congratulate you, by the way, on, on having set up this support group, because I think it's so important and so necessary. And so my brief is important for the business side of it, but it's also important as we come out of this recovery, uh, uh, sort of recession and, and difficulties for the climate side of it, which is also important, climate and energy and those issues. So, so you know, I mean, I, I want to play my part in, in, in helping the country, basically. Well, uh, Ed, um, again, yeah, thanks for coming on. And what I should say, by the way, this is live on Facebook. Uh, if you've got any questions, please do ask. Uh, and we may vet them first, but we'll then pass them over to Ed. Um, you're currently campaigning uh, on the uh, the Sybils uh, loan scheme. Uh, you're looking for the government to uh, give a 100% uh, guarantee. Uh, things have changed in the last day uh, with the bounce back loans. Um, what? Wh- where are we? What's going wrong? Um, what's, uh, why isn't it working? Well, look, Johnny, I think it is important, this, but it's sort of, in a way, the starting point. Um, The the way I kind of think about my, what I'm concentrating on is mend the loans, extend the grants, and then let's plan for a recovery. And maybe we'll go through those issues from the questions we get. On mending the loans, the the problem is that the Sybil system was set up that 80% of the um, underwriting was guaranteed by government, but 20% was falling on the banks. Now, in normal times, you'd say, well... That's as it should be, the risk is shared and so on. The problem is that the banks were having to make judgments, and I suspect a lot of the people watching this will have had this experience if they applied, of were you viable or profitable on the 31st of December? Were you affected by COVID? And crucially, will you be able to repay the debt? 
Now, that's such an unknowable thing when we don't know how long this crisis is going to last. We don't know how long lockdown is going to be. So lots of people are being turned away. And frankly, you know, I was just really worried that lots of businesses who really needed help were just not getting the help. So that's why I said underwrite them by 100 percent for small loans that will take the risk off the banks, get the money out the door. Now, I'm glad to say that the chancellor has listened He's introduced it at least for the first 50,000 of a loan, these these bounce back loans, which will come into effect from next Monday. It's not all I wanted, but it's a start. And he's also done something which we've also urged, which is to get rid of the forward looking credit check, which was this attempt to try and work out going forward whether the, the business was going to be able to repay it, which I think was leading lots of banks to say no. Now, I'm not saying this is going to sort it completely. We've got to see now when the new system is in place from next week, does it sort it or do we need to put even more pressure on the bank? So I, I'm not saying debt is right for everyone. We'll come on to grants, but at least some steps have been made to sort out the loans. Do, do you have a, an idea of, of exactly what this bounce back loan scheme is going to look like at all? I mean, they've not given a huge amount of detail, have they? Well, from what what they've said, fifty it'll be fifty up to fifty thousand. They're saying it's going to be a very quick. I think he's a twenty four hour turnaround. It's not going to have this um, these these kind of you know quite difficult um, sort of requirements, forward looking credit history, and so on. In Switzerland, they've got a system where they do it in twenty four hours. They give out seventy thousand loans in the first week. Uh, in the UK, we gave out I think three or four thousand loans in the first week, um, or if that, to be honest. Um, so, you know, we need that simple system, particularly at the lower end. I, I, I would like to have it, it to have gone higher. I, I think the other thing to say about this is, and I think this is a cross-party thing, in an in a crisis like this, the 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 dangers of giving out some loans to businesses that aren't going to survive is massively outweighed by the dangers of not giving out loans to businesses that could survive but aren't going to get the loans if you don't reform the system. That's the way I've thought about it. You know, people are saying, oh, but should the taxpayer be on the hook for 100 percent? So well, in normal times, no. But in these emergency times, yes. Um. So although, you know, the government's fully guaranteeing now the, the bounce back loans and things, a lot of businesses that have applied um, have, have been rejected or ones that have um, applied have seen varied interest rates from like from the banks from like 1% to 32%, um, depending on their perceived level of risk. We're just wondering if, you know, the government is going to ask banks to standardise the interest rates to make it more fair and affordable for people so it's not going to cripple them coming out of it well they really should nikki and that has been part of what we've been saying is these exorbitant interest rates because interest free for the first six months uh, first 12 months i beg your pardon but but what what i think a number of people are finding um is that they then end up in a situation where yeah okay it's interest free for the first 12 months maybe um it should be but then you know, they, they, they get the face the prospect of getting whacked. And I understand that for lots of businesses, they're worried about the debt, frankly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it is an important way to tide people over. But I think I think the government does need to be more prescriptive with the banks on this. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's, it's the same issue with the bounce back loans that we're going to see some varied interest rates, I guess, because it, it, ultimately this is a facility that the banks then uh, decide how to fully use. Yes. And and look, you're making a good point. And, and they've just announced, as you said, Johnny, the bounce back, bounce back loans uh, on Monday. Um, 
we are we are going to pursue the precise conditions around it and and you know i'm going to be noting things in this call but but i definitely take note of this issue which we have raised before around the interest rates after that first year because i think you could see it being a real problem so i was interested in uh, you just mentioned that it it outweighs giving the loan where there could be a risk to not yeah. giving the loan yeah. and i'm and i'm yeah. interested in that uh i you know uh, uh, of course we need to worry about how all this is paid back and that's a bigger bigger issue but yeah. from the biz but from the small businesses point of view right now um it it what you're potentially saying is that and and, and also what the government is saying is that there could be some easy way to get loans here but does this yeah. then potentially put us put small businesses in in debt and does it actually solve the problem and you know would 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 a grant be far better well then you're taking me on to like the second part of what i'm saying and, and i think you are right i mean we in britain i mean the, the chancellor likes to say we've got a very generous package when you compare it to other countries and i, and I commend the chancellor for some of his ambitions part of the problem though is that ours is a very much more loan-based system than systems in other countries. So if you take the US, for example, um, you know, uh, not everything Donald Trump does is right. You might expect me to say that. But not, one not of the things everything. that the, uh, uh, you, you know, that one of the things the US Congress has done is said, we'll give you loans, big style, but I think it's called the payment protection um, payment. And, um, and it's like, it's like our furlough system combined with our loan system. But crucially, if you keep the workers on, it becomes a grant. So in a way, it's a more grant based system. And and, you know, of course, there's issues of public money. But I suppose I suppose you know, what we're trying to do as the opposition, honestly, is not say everything's wrong or ask the impossible. So the government's done this loan system. We were focused on how do you fix it? But I am now focused not just on that, but also let's talk about the people who are missing out on grants. So the people who aren't paying business rates, but renting premises, it's a massive problem because the, 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 the grants going to the landlord, the government says in a slightly kind of vague way well that should be negotiated with the landlord and the tenant and all that but i don't you know that's really the landlords will be under pressure too so there's businesses often micro businesses that are missing out there's the fifty-one thousand limit in hospitality retail and leisure so in other words above fifty-one thousand rateable value you don't get a grant and obviously outside those sectors business uh retail hospitality and leisure you don't get a grant um either that that's three through at least three big gaps uh, in the grant system. Now, you know, money is an object. You can't just say we'll spend, you know, spend, spend, spend. But I do think they've got to look, and this is something we're, we're calling for in the coming days. They've got to look at the, the 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 real and very very difficult gaps. Now, by the way, there aren't they're not the only gaps. I mean, self-employed will maybe come on to that. That's a big set of gaps. Limited companies, you know, that's a real problem as well um uh but 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 i think uh, i think this is particularly true we don't know what the um exit from lockdown is going to look like but all of the indications from at least from the newspapers and from what we gather is it's not going to be a sudden exit and so for businesses you know, for some businesses we're just at the beginning 
of this kind of stresses they're going to be under. So that's why I think there's going to have to be a second wave of support, which I hope will fill in some of the gaps. We can't just turn off the furlough or say, well, you know, it's going to have to be loans for everybody. We, we, we've got to we've got to fill in some of the gaps because crucially it gets our you know we've got to we've got to get our businesses through this crisis and we've got to get as many as possible through this crisis not just for those businesses but it will make the recession less deep and the recovery uh, um, easier if those businesses survive um i just want to run a scenario past you that um has been brought up a few times in the group so um you know we've got micro business smes kind of a range of people in there and um, just linking back to what you were saying then um, a lot of the people in the group are directors that don't pay themselves more than minimum wage. Um, yeah. They don't have a physical yeah. office. They're like market store traders. Um, and they're trying to keep costs low and put all the money they can back into the business. But they feel like they are slipping through the net and stuff. So, I mean, is there anything that you could directly say, you know, say to them now? To And is this people advice? paying themselves in, 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 in dividends mainly? Is that the point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look, let, let, let's be frank about this. This is a big gap. I mean, this is a big gap. And, and you know, and this is not a sort of party political point, but the Chancellor has sort of said lots of the, you know, the average income is £200,000. I suspect lots of people in this group would would kind of choke on their cornflakes, you know, when they hear that, yeah. because they'll think, well, that's not where I am. And and I think, well, I think the truth about this is that there's two different groups here. And we've been trying to get at the, at the figures on this, the detail on this. There's there's individuals who are um, kind of at the very high end, but that's a kind of relatively small number who are paying themselves in dividends and so on. And then there's I, I this is anecdotal, so I can't be sure about this. But my guess is from just from the experiences I've had and the feedback I've had, there are lots and lots and lots of people for whom this was the best way they could manage their affairs. And they, they've not been told it's wrong or anything. And now suddenly they find, well, what, what are they supposed to do? You know, that they're, they're being offered very, because they're paying themselves a minimal amount of um, money in terms of salary, they're just in, in a really difficult situation. And, and we have made this point repeatedly to the, to the government. We will continue to make this point. You know, we, I did a call with Keir Starmer and Annalise Dodds, the shadow chancellor yesterday, uh, this came up a lot. Limited companies, people in just in this in this position. So, and they're neither getting, you know, if, if they're not getting a grant, um, you know, they they're asking quite legitimately, what are we supposed to do? And I've had constituency cases on this too. Great. It's great to see that, you know, that it's a topic that everyone's kind of thinking yeah. about because, um, I mean, it's livelihood and you know, people are definitely are concerned about it, especially in the group that we've got, but. Many businesses at the minute don't know what the best thing to do uh, right now is. You know, they don't know whether they should be tightening up the purse strings or investing their money back into the business, into marketing to try boost it out of the other side of it um, in the recovery. I mean, if you could give businesses one piece of advice around this, uh, you know, what would Hanson or Postcard, you know, look into your crystal ball, what would you kind of give them? Well, look, I want to show due humility because I think the businesses that you've got in this group are, are, are you know, can make better decisions about their business than um, than I can. Um, you know, uh, look, one thing I would say in this is 
the job of MPs at a time like this is to speak up for their constituents. That's generally the job of MPs, obviously, but it's particularly important at a time like this. You know, I take very seriously, not just because I'm the shadow business secretary, even before I was appointed during this crisis, the, the post bag I get, if you are in difficulty, do contact your local MP. That is what they are there for. And, you know, the more conservative MPs, Labour MPs, other party MPs that hear this feedback from their constituents saying, this is my situation. You need to tell the chancellor, you need to tell the government that this is a real problem. This is a this is a crisis. This is a gap. They need to fix it. That that does make an impact. And to be fair to the chancellor, he is listening. You know, I, I think he is. You know, he's not my political party, but I think that at a time like this, you've got to be working together. He has shown sign of listening, sometimes not as much as I would like, sometimes not as quickly as I would like. But, you know, pressure on the politicians, the local MPs, does have an impact because, because I think the government does recognise the need to act. And, and so, you know, I'm not going to advise them what to do with their businesses, but I, I, I do think... Um, I, I do think that pressure can make a difference. And we'll also give you an email address at the end, by the way, for people who can, if people want to get in touch with us with their own uh, cases, because we've got a, um, a an email address uh, which, um, which 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 people can can email their own experiences, and we're using that to inform our discussions with government. Great. You, you're act you're actively looking for people's stories and people's pains, aren't you? Definitely, to... yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that you that you're uh, doing these campaigns. Is it how how easy is it to influence? You know, you've been in in this a long time. Um, it, how, how easy is it to influence? Well, you know, look, honestly, Johnny, there are days when I get up and I think, oh, the government's not moving. So on the hundred percent Seabills thing, for a while, for a couple of weeks after I called for it. It looked like the government just wasn't moving. And the Chancellor kind of pretty much closed the door. He opened the door and then he closed the door. And I just thought, well, this is, and I, you know, I talked to the business organizations, the CBI, the Federation of Small Businesses, we're in constant touch. And I'm saying, well, what are we going to do to move to move him? Um, and then he did move a bit. So, you know, it's sort of, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, pressure can make a difference. And, and I think, it's particularly important at this moment for me to be working across party. I won't, I won't sort of name them because it might kind of, it's a bit of a curse, but I mean, now there's conservative MPs I'm in touch with and, you know, talking to, you know, people I've got to know over the years that I've worked with in the past when I've been a backbencher, who I get on well with some, you know, quite senior backbenchers. And I'm in touch with them saying, look, how are we going to move this thing along? I'm really worried about this. What do you think? Um, because I think that's, you know, I think that's the only way to, to do this. The more cross-party you can be, the more non-yaboo you can be, you know, in terms of just shouting the odds, the more the more reasonable you can be, the, the better it is, I think. The, just taking you back to, uh, you're talking about directors and we, we were talking about that gap. Um, so... What I'm hearing, and I'm wondering if you if you're hearing the same that, uh, with the with the furlough scheme and with uh, you know small businesses, single directors aren't uh, paying paying normally dividend. Um, you know they could furlough themselves, but then obviously it's a very small amount of money they could get. But the other issue um, is you know they're not meant to actually be working uh, whilst they're furloughing. Uh, so we were aware that Ed had to take a call. I think he's just taken that call. Uh, yep, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we were fully aware i'm just going to mute him uh, just in oh, case 
Uh, yeah, I've just muted him. Hopefully, yeah, you can't he hear him. Forewarned is that yeah. he has to take an urgent call during this. Uh, so don't so, worry. You know, I guess we're uh, we're we're only so important. Uh, if you do have <laughs> questions, please do ask. Um, and I hope you're enjoying watching. Um, and um, uh, it would be good to know. I'm about to ask him about the furlough and directors. Uh, Nikki, you enjoying uh, interviewing Ed? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I don't think I've messed up too much so far. <laughs> You've done very well indeed. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and um, yeah, we, we're uh, as as we've said, we you know we are interested in in what you'd like to ask. Uh, if you do have questions, yeah. uh, I know you've already given us questions, but it, but you know as we as you're watching, if you've got other things you want to ask, please do ask. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it would be great. Um, anything else we want to talk about in the group, Nikki? What's going on? We've got. Um, uh, yeah. We've got another live Q&A this afternoon. You've got I a live do. Q&A coming up, haven't you? I do, yeah. Um, from the Leeds, uh, kind of Leeds-based support, uh, the Leeds Micro Business Support. Um, I'm going to be doing a live with Sarah in a couple of weeks. Um, so, yes, that should be good. There's loads going on, to be honest. And um, it, it's just, yeah, it, it's busy, isn't it? But it's it's really good. Um, so this after this afternoon we've got a uh, Nigel Cliff uh, joining us at four o'clock uh, to do a live Q and A on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, now I did a uh, a link pimp your LinkedIn profile with uh, Leeds Digital Festival last week. Um, you'll find the uh, the webinar on my channel. But um, but what's interesting this afternoon is Nigel has quite a different take on some of this. And so it'll be interesting to get some of his viewpoints on how best you could be using LinkedIn. Um, I, it's amazing that I've managed to get him because uh, this obviously is on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and he's a total, uh, admits it, Facebook Luddite, hates Facebook, uh, totally sticks with LinkedIn. We, we uh, Nikki, when we first set this up, um, we were debating on whether to do a, uh, a LinkedIn or a Facebook group, weren't we? You, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, I was you rightly, Facebook, yeah. yeah you, you rightly were dubious about Facebook, and you rightly uh, went uh, wanted to look at LinkedIn. And and to be fair, that is the business platform, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. you know, and and Facebook tends to be the uh, the more sort of uh, what I had for dinner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, yeah. So what we decided was we 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 thought, well, we'll test it. So we set up the Facebook group and we set up the LinkedIn group uh, on the same day. Uh, about a week later, was it fairly obvious? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. I'm one for kind of keeping business separate from my Facebook. Um, and a lot of people, if I do have contacts on there, they're like really heavily restricted on what they can see because usually I just post a lot of cat pictures. Um, but yeah, I've been surprised actually. Yeah, it's opened my eyes a little bit in terms of... Yeah, we've we've had so much more engagement on facebook uh, there's still the linkedin group there's still a couple of comments in there but nothing of uh, of interest really nothing of too much interest really um what's also worth mentioning is that uh, we're aware that there's people in the group that are you know with lockdown uh, they um they could be quite lonely at home uh, so we've done we've talked a lot about mental health we had uh, harry bliss from champion uh, health doing uh, a talk about um and, and resources available things that you can do um but we're, we're fully aware that there are uh, still people in the group that, you know, don't necessarily have family members at home, uh, uh, you know, are, are finding this ice, this quite, you know, this, this 
quite isolating um so there was an idea floating around around doing some uh, additional zoom calls uh, but making them sort of no work talk um so i think the first one is tonight at 8 30 i'm not sure if nikki knows the exact um, detail I'm i think just I, I think now. it's uh i think it's tonight around then um so uh, uh so you could have a look at that um and uh, and and the timing of that will change uh the idea is that it'll uh change uh you know be be random so that it tries to fit as many people as possible um so that's something else that you could look at yeah. um and 830 um, brilliant excellent and and we're also thinking about um you know how we can develop this group with regard to taking it forward from a you know a recovery point of view so we've we've managed to survive we've managed to um uh we've managed to you know look at whether well sorry some of us are still surviving i fully get that but we've we've considered the survival part we're now either hibernating or we're um you know taking opportunities um but what me and nikki are thinking about is how we can support you all in having a really strong recovery um and uh, what you'll see is that uh, both of us have been adding some resources over the last few days um but what we'd again love to know you know feedback is a is a wonderful thing um the more we can hear from you on the sort of things that you're wanting help with or or the directions that you want to uh us to take you or to or to get advice um please do ask so um so that would be uh, uh something that would would really uh, value uh, hearing back from you definitely I'm, i've just logged on the facebook feed because i can't see the live comments um but there's a couple of people just asking where we want to want the comments posted and the questions posted if you can pop it on the live on the live post just under there um so there should be yeah the should the video that you're watching should be where you should where you can comment can comment um but i know there have been quite a few posts about this uh uh interview this morning so it could be that you're uh, using some of the other posts to comment on um but um yeah the theory it's it's the one that uh, that's pinned at the top of the, the the group chat um it's obviously oh, strong. Can, um, yeah, I can see the comments, Rachel. It was just, um, well, I can't see them. Johnny can see them, but I've got the feed up separately. That was all. So, yeah, if you want to comment on where you are now, we can see. <laughs> I can't see a comment from Rachel. Ah, weird. Technology. <laughs> can you, Nikki, can you see the comment inside StreamYard? Uh, no, I can see the ah, comment on, okay. on the Facebook groups. I put it right, fair enough. So. Fair enough. Um, so, um, it would be, uh, yeah, yeah. It would be good to for you to uh, add comments in the uh, in, into this chat if you can. Um, anything else that we wanted to mention that's coming up? Uh, any other um, initiatives that we're going to try and uh, achieve? We're in. Yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for you to do a sing and dance while we're well, waiting. You're, you're I mean, the that... entertainment in the middle of the sec of the segment. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, we, I mean, it, it may have to resort to that. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I could bring a couple of Ed's colleagues in who are uh, who are, uh, are secretly uh, listening. Uh, you know, I could put them on the spot, but maybe not. Uh, that would be very unfair. No, um, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I could do a song and dance. Although I think uh, we'd put people off quite seriously, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, 
yeah and um, how are you know how are you finding it working from home nikki um at virtual dts we're kind of well we're geared up to to work from anywhere the you know joseph bean cloud cloud computing company as uh, we're all set up so we're basically using teams um and zoom and a mix of other bits and bobs to do it um but yeah i don't really feel like i've missed missed much out really um if anything i've probably been more productive because uh well, actually, don't don't tell them don't tell them that because I would like some you know social interaction. <laughs> but I wonder um, if your if your boss is watching. <laughs> probably, probably that or his, his wife will be. So <laughs> I have to be careful. But uh, no, I've yeah, it, it's been interesting. It's I don't think we've seen any kind of big learning curve or anything from it. So um, My, the the thing that strikes me is that businesses like yourself. Um, tech businesses, digital businesses, um, businesses that are, have adopted digital are, are are doing okay right now. Or, you know, I don't mean, well, okay is quite broad. But what I mean is that, it, it, that like you've said, working from home feels normal. Um, and you're used to the tech, you're used to yeah. dialing in, et cetera, et cetera. My concern is there's a lot of businesses and in, in this group that have, you know that I've heard from um that are hibernating because they don't fully understand the tech. They don't fully uh they're not they're not fully afraid with it. Um and they're 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 in a way um I don't want to be uh what's the word uh condescending uh by any means but i can't think of a better word so i'm just gonna have to use it but don't take me the wrong way that that um oh ed's back's brilliant i've been saved by the bell anyway uh <laughs> let's put ed's mic back on uh i am incredibly higher. sorry about that don't worry at all you you pre-warned us and uh I, i'm so glad you came back because i nearly had to do a, a song and dance so well, uh, we're all waiting can you, can you hear us or not ed you can't hear us uh ed no if you want to, he's going to rejoin oh, the uh, yeah. rejoin. Yeah, we Technical told him that earlier. Difficulties. God, I'm still going to have to do that song and dance. Um, but yeah, now. I mean, what I was what I was basically saying was that um, it concerns me that some businesses are just literally thinking that lockdown's just going to come soon and, and and everything will go back to normal. And I'm amazed. I really am. It worries me um, when I hear people talking like that. That they that you know, I did I did a, a poll of uh, a vote. Uh, uh, in a webinar, and tw I think twenty percent of people watching um, genuinely thought that uh, things were just going to go back to normal in a, yeah. in a short period of time, um, and and that was just for me. It was personally quite frightening. Ed, can you hear us now? Yeah, I want to apologise, Johnny and Nikki, to you and the uh, other viewers. I, I maybe you explained I had a family medical issue I just had to attend to, and uh, I did warn you in advance. I really apologise, and I hope it didn't seem discourteous. No. You totally did, and and we fully understand. And we're all working from home, and it's just the way it is, isn't it? I mean, you know, my children haven't been in the room yet, uh, but uh... all right, I'm waiting for <laughs> well, okay. the cat to come come crawl over me or something. Because you know the, do the the doctors are under sort of pressure, so I had to take this call. So I do apologise. Honestly, we we fully understand. Um, Let's keep going. So, so uh, Nikki, where were we? <laughs> um. Oh gosh, I can't remember. I will wait. Right, let's, I think we were talking about grants. I think we were talking yeah, about the gap, I, the, the, the grant, the grants issue, and the gaps I, there were. And I, you were rightly asking about limited companies and yeah, dividends. and and and, and, then and we one of the questions about MPs and pressure. What one of the questions that I had was around. Um. So so, 
where I was going with this was director, small business. Um, they have a, a choice. They could they normally get paid uh, through dividend because they pay themselves a, a lower wage. They could furlough, uh, which therefore gives them a, a, a small amount. I must say, by the way, before I uh, fully ask, ask the question, when when it when I found myself falling into this gap, I came out and said, "Do you know what? We've chosen as a business to have this model. We pay." slightly lower tax because of this model it's a tax efficient model so do we not just need to take the rough with the smooth um and you know i i personally think that you know we do have some benefits so uh, that's a short question there ed before i've come on to my main question i mean like you know in normal times i would say people have to take the rough with the smooth but you know it's a sort of it's interesting this when i when i when i argue that the government should look at this area and try and do something about it i'm not just doing it for your benefit or the benefit of other people on this call i'm doing this for the benefit of all of us <laughs> because if we don't support those businesses through these difficult times and if those businesses go under and they they and their employees have to claim benefits or you know that economic activity ceases we're all going to end up paying for it <laughs> um yeah. so so I think it look it's a balance it's not it's yeah. not saying government can do everything I, I i sort of recognize that and i think it's important that we're not just the people saying government's got to do everything but you know i do i do sort of think um you know it, 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 it's sort of it, it's in our collective benefit to try and plug these gaps at least some of these gaps yeah. So, so the question that I was going to come on to um, is the business. Some businesses, you know, perhaps can't be open right now, can't be serving clients because of uh, uh, the situations and social isolation, etc. Um, you know, take a chiropractor, uh, unable to uh, see patients, uh, a yeah. hairdresser. Um, yeah. Perhaps they don't have a, uh, a, a, a a situation where they can get a grant for for rates, etc. Um, but the, my question is around furlough. So. Um, with regard to, you know, they have a choice. They could furlough themselves. Um, Ed's just giving us a, a tour of the house, which is very kind. I am, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so they could furlough themselves, uh, which um, which gives them a small amount of income. But my concern and my question, and I don't know if you can give any advice here, is does that then mean they can't do any type of marketing for their business at all they can't do any you know they're, they're frightened about putting a social media post out because officially they, they're, they're furloughed um and uh and and there's just that such a gray area where there's not been any official advice um and you know i've got some opinion on it but i, I mean i can't believe people are i can't i mean look I, I don't want to speak out of turn here and it's again one of the things i can check but i can't believe that people can't do social media posts i mean who, you know who's gonna i mean you know that doesn't but, that doesn't seem but, uh, is, ed is that is that feedback you've heard or not because i uh, trust me well let me i tell you what johnny let me go and let me go and check I, i'm making a note and, and no and sorry from no, sorry i didn't yeah no no no. i didn't mean is is that the correct advice what i meant was have you had people ask that question to you because we've I had have. a lot of people I, I, well i tell you what i think it's part of a bigger picture question which is i think the thing we need to be arguing for is flexible furlough yeah. yeah, because at the moment we have inflexible furlough. I mean, that's not yeah. meant as a critique of the government because the furlough scheme is a good scheme, but it's too inflexible. The three week thing, some of the stuff you're talking about, we've got to have more 
uh, obviously, they, the government doesn't want to be paying people to not be working and then them to be working. You can see the sort of that that point of view. But there needs to be greater flexibility, particularly as we exit from lockdown, be because you know if exit from lockdown is a bit stop start, is a bit phased, you, you're going to need more flexibility in the system. And and it's it's tough for the chancellor because they're trying to, you know, it's a it's a sort of big old kind of you know eight hundred pound gorilla, the HMRC and the you know the whole systems so it's quite hard to you know probably to, to to build in all these tweaks into the system but i think there needs to be more flexibility yeah one other thing that we've been seeing as well through members of the group is that um they're having issues with kind of business insurance and things so obviously nobody predicted that anything like this was going to happen um so when they've gone to discuss you know their insurance policies and things they've um discovered that a loss of profit clause isn't included um yes, I mean, yes. are there any plans for putting pressure on the government to, to help businesses in this situation because it's a safety net again that's kind of being pulled out from under their feet well i do know i think there's a group isn't there that's taking an action against one of the insurers on, on, on this issue i mean I, I think it's interesting this nikki i think that w one of the places we're going to be having to move our focus is onto these questions of how third parties are treating the SME sector. So the insurance industry is one thing um, around these clauses that you're raising. Um, banks, uh, large businesses, are they paying on time? You know, it's always, that's always an issue, but it could become you know, much more of an issue as those large businesses are under stress. They're sort of in a way passing on their distress to smaller to, to SMEs that can let can can least afford it. So. Yeah, we're on this thing on the insurance issue. I think there is a real, I think there is a real question there, because some of the policies were clearly not around a design for a pandemic. Some of them are ambiguous, and of course, as always with the insurance industry, they're interpreting the ambiguity in favour of them. Um, and and you know, we need to get every business that has a chance of having been covered. We need to get we need they need to get help. Yeah. Well, um, um, Oh, sorry, Nikki. Go no, ahead. no, go, go ahead. Okay. Um, so, um, big news uh, uh, yesterday about British Airways uh, 12,000 uh, 12, uh, jobs. Um, should the government be bailing out? What? What should? Any thoughts on that, Ed? What's what? I mean, it's very, it's 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 really sad news. I mean, look, isn't it's it? A, it is a, it is sad news, and and I'm you know really sorry for those workers. It, look, it's a tough one this because, um, you know. There's general support across the sector, and I think I'm right in saying that British Airways benefited from the is benefiting from the furlough for a, a quite a lot, I think some twenty twenty thousand of its employees. Um, so, so there's general I was, support. Then, I was wondering why why couldn't they put them on furlough anyway? That was my my initial thought actually. Well, I think there are some questions to 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 raise definitely, which we will raise around around that. I mean, look, my general view, Johnny, on this question of bailouts beyond the generality is is if we're going to be giving public money over and above the general support particularly to large firms it's got to be a bit of a two-way street i think everybody thinks the problem in 2008 was that while the government you know the labor government took some action that was right there wasn't enough of a deal with the banks you know the banks got bailed out but they didn't necessarily change their behavior as they should have done and you know I mean, I suppose what I would be looking for on these, I, I wouldn't say we should never bail anyone out over and above the generality because 
there are some businesses that you're going to want to keep going and you want to save those workers jobs but companies shouldn't be paying dividends while getting bailouts from the government you know they shouldn't be engaging in things like sort of share buybacks um and they should be offering some guarantees in relation to their to their employees uh, as well as a set of other uh, objectives that government might want so so i think the general principle is not to say no to bailouts there are some really important british firms that could do with extra help that are big household names but there's got to be some sense of a deal on a two-way street on this on british airways specifically i think I i'd like to know more about the exact situation here you know why didn't they furlough more of these employees? When are these redundancies going to strike? It may well be right that the airline industry, I mean, what British Airways have said is the airline industry is going to take a long time to recover. And that may well be right. Um, I mean, I really feel for those workers. I think the other point I would make is, and this is going to be so important, and, and it's been important um, previously, but it's going to be even more important now. What is the safety net for the, what is the safety net and the future opportunities for workers who are made redundant? Because we know that there are some work that you know, we're already seeing redundancies, significant redundancies. How are those workers going to be supported? I think lots of people have you know, seen the universal credit system and thought you know, it's a system they've heard about. And they're thinking, I've paid my taxes. You know, this is just not giving me the support. I feel like I'm, you know, I, I feel like I've paid in a lot and I'm getting very little out. So what is the what is the strength of the safety net and and i think it is going to be need to be uh, improved in the future what future opportunities are we offering for workers I, i'll just give you an example because it's an area we we talked we sort of touched on at the start the green industry the green area we have a massive amount a massive job to be done in changing just to give one example the way households heat their homes and are insulated in the next 10 years we've got if we're going to get to this zero emissions this net zero which is the thing people talk about you know zero emissions we're gonna have to revolutionize the way we operate as a country there's so much work to be done in this area and it is absolutely necessary to be done and so partly i suppose what i think is uh, in in the 1930s in america there was a president called president franklin roosevelt and he saw the great depression and he basically said okay i'm not going to leave people idle i'm going to put them back to work to do useful things for the country and I'd say we've got to have that sort of mindset. You know, we don't want people to be, people who are made redundant shouldn't be just sort of left to one side. You know, we know in Yorkshire what happens when you have a sudden economic shock in the mining industry and people aren't properly, and again, I'm not trying to make a political point, but people aren't, I, I think every, you know, people of all stripes would say, well, that wasn't really very well handled. You know, that, that, that economic change wasn't managed properly. You've got to manage economic change and and share the risk with individuals and help those individuals to find new work. So I think that's kind of my view about it. You can't stop every redundancy. Um, we should, you know, government, if I was in government, I'd be having hard discussions with British Airways about their furloughing, about the 22,000 they've furloughed. What, what's the story with these 12,000? But, but if those people are gonna be made redundant, they've gotta be helped in the future. Um, forgive me if I keep seeming to be looking in this direction. I've got- Don't worry, comments. don't worry. I've got uh, comments on another screen. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Please keep what, going. And by the way, if you, Nikki and Johnny, if you want a bit more time since I had the, that ten minutes out, if you want to carry on a bit longer, and if there's a demand for, it, I'm very happy to carry on. 
perfect. That's very kind. Uh, thank you very much. The, the, the job of politicians is to disrupt their diaries and leave the people who work for them with their heads in their hands, saying, <laughs> why, has he done, why has he done that? He's supposed to be speaking to someone else at 11 o'clock. But, but anyway, that's, my, that's kind of my role in life, you know. Keep them on the toes. Exactly. Oh dear. So one thing that I, I keep seeing popping up in the corner of my screen is that, you know, we're in this crisis, we're, we're going through it the best we can, but what happens at the other side? So, you know, we're, we're getting all this money, um, seemingly, you know, the country's going to be a little bit for loan debt, but, you know, how how does everybody pay it back? And, you know, what does it mean for the economy and, and for the businesses? You know, how long is it going to take us to recover from this? Any well, ideas? These are really, yeah, these, look, these are really good questions. I mean, these are these are really good questions. I think... I think the correct um, the correct comparison is not with the financial crisis of two thousand and eight, because the financial crisis of two thousand and eight was a was a shock to the banks that sent shockwaves through the economy, but it wasn't a kind of closing down of one third of our economy, which is more or less what we've had. Um, the, a closing down of one third and an effect on the whole economy, which is what we've had this time. I think the correct comparison is with the Second World War, actually, and in a way, Boris Johnson has described it as a war. Um, and therefore, we are going to have significantly bigger debts. We're not going to be able to pay them all off at once. We, we, we can't have, in my view, and conservative members of parliament said this to me as well, we can't have what we had between 2010 and 2015. I'm not, I'm not trying to rehearse those arguments. But if we, if at this moment we just engage in a whole round of cuts, it's going to be even worse for the economy because we need our economy to recover. <laughs> And we're going to find that businesses have got debt, workers have lost their jobs. Actually, we're going to have a real problem of demand in the economy. So we're going to have to find a way of, of, of keeping this debt under control. But it's going, to, it's going to have to be done over time. We're going to have to recognize that the debt's going to go up. And, and, and you know, the best, in the end, the, the, the only ways you can um, uh, deal with your debts is raising taxes, cutting spending, or crucially growing the economy. If you grow the economy and more people are paying taxes and fewer people are on benefits, that's the best way of, of, of keeping your debts under control. And we've all, I really would emphasize that, that third issue. The reason I talk about useful activity that people can do, like in the green industries, is we've got to get this economy going. And, and you know, we're gonna, we might have to find ways of getting this economy going in a way that is consistent with our public health measures. They're, they're gonna be, let's be honest, there are gonna be some industries where lots of people congregate in one place, which will probably take longer to reopen. And then there are gonna be other jobs where you can apply social distancing, you can have protective equipment, and that's a whole other story, um, and, and it's gonna be easier. So, so we are gonna have to pay this off over time, um, or at least keep it under control. At the moment, we, you know, we, in long-term interest rates, which is the way you judge how creditworthy a government is, in other words, how much of the financial market saying they're going to have to be paid to take on government debt, at the moment they remain pretty low in the UK and actually elsewhere. So there isn't a sort of sign of alarm in the financial markets around this, that, you know, we, 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 we're a you know, country with massive resources um, and, a, and a big asset base. So, so I think... I think we've got to we've got to keep an eye on that debt question, but we mustn't we mustn't have it kind of inhibit our economic recovery. 
you you um you brought up uh green uh, a bit earlier and and uh climate change i mean this year was meant to be a a, a big year for climate change you got uh cop 26 uh, towards the end of the year um how is coronavirus going to going to uh, impact this i mean you know have we learned have we did we learn anything in 2008 uh could we uh you know is the uh, talk to us about the green stimulus yes so that's a really important point johnny i mean cop 26 has been postponed rightly in my view um because uh, frankly, countries are not focused on on this at the moment, and anyway, they can't. You know, you can't travel, and you know, it's just it's just a, the, the whole thing is a sort of impossibility. So that's going to be next year, and I think that's the right decision. And, and just for people who don't know, that's the world coming together. There was a big agreement in Paris in 2015 to agree the climate targets, but the problem is that the targets weren't strong enough. It's the world's coming together in 2020 now, 2021, to to say how do they need to be updated and upgraded. Um, but there's a, you know, there's a big obligation on us now to say, how do we recover in a green way? And I, I mentioned you know, there's lots of work that can be done. You know, there's work in households. I mentioned the way households are heated, insulation, all that. Great thing about insulation, by the way, is you can cut people's bills, save on carbon emissions and create jobs. So it's a win-win. There's other things, you know. We need the car industry to keep going. Electric, moving to electric vehicles, that's a big thing. There's, there's rewilding. In Doncaster, I'm chairing for the council, a climate change commission, looking at some of these uh, climate questions about how you can create employment. There's, there's you know, rewilding, again, potential, potential role for farmers, potential role for land uh, around, uh, around those uh, issues. Renewable energy, installing you know, wind power, solar power. So there's a lot we can do. Looking back at 2008, I think you mentioned that, about 16% of the money spent on um, recovery, so-called stimulus, was on green measures. That's That was sort of across the industrialised world. And actually, it so happened it was about 16% in the UK. But some countries did a lot better. South Korea, 80% of its stimulus was judged to be green. They did better than us. So what I would aspire to do is to say, let's do that. Let's not just do that for the climate. People will be worried about that issue, but they'll, you know, they've got other things which are very pressing for them. But let's do it for jobs and employment as well. Well, the, I mean, the reason I brought it up is because one of the things that uh, that we're talking to businesses about is how to come out of this with with strong recovery. And and of course, not all of this is just about finance and and, and having money in the bank. It's it's also about being relevant, uh, and it's about taking opportunity. It's about differentiating. And my my thought process is that I I wonder if some if the if consumer behaviour will change. Uh, there'll be there'll be a significant impact on consumer behaviour with regard to caring. This whole you know clapping on a Thursday yeah. night. There's a lot of caring going on. Yeah. And and I wonder if businesses need to hear this message that um, that actually green is an opportunity. Definitely, uh, definitely. And look, the clap for carers has been an amazing thing. I mean, I suppose the thing I always think when when I'm doing it with my kids is, you know, we should be doing this. We, we can't. We shouldn't stop when the i mean first of all we've got to reward the carers properly in terms of their you know because i think just you know clapping them is important but it, you know they've also got to be properly rewarded i think i think we've we've had a real recognition of what essential work looks like in this crisis and and how poorly remunerated lots of people are uh, in that essential work um 
but but I mean, it is an amazing. I I, I completely agree with you. It's an amazing thing, and you know, I think the other thing is air pollution is a massive problem for our country. Now, nobody would have wanted it to take a coronavirus crisis to cut down on air pollution. But we've also got to learn some lessons from this crisis about, you know, I, th I actually think we we've, we'll probably learn lessons about, you know, um, notwithstanding sort of Zoom disasters, you know, the fact that we can have meetings uh, in, you know, we don't have to drive to see somebody to go and have a meeting. You know, I would, it would never have, you, you'll probably... Um, I think you're both significantly younger than me, so you probably this was probably always in your minds anyway. But it would never have occurred to me to say instead of having a meeting with somebody, I'll do it by Zoom or you know what one of the other or Skype or FaceTime or whatever. But I think now I will think. Well, does that person really need to come to my office? Do I really need to go to their office? Can I just talk to them on uh, on, on you know one of those platforms? So, and and you know in that change, you're seeing probably sometimes greater efficiency not not always um uh, sometimes zoom meetings can be longer than actual meetings um and but but also um you know you you you're, you're saving on pollution saving on some of those journey times probably you know so so i think there are there are lessons we can learn from this i don't know whether you saw this there was this extraordinary picture of a jellyfish swimming in in venice through the through the waters and the waters were just totally pristine clear um i've never actually been to venice myself but but you know a it, wonderful place yeah and and you know presumably it's all that pollution of all the tourism now obviously venice needs tourism but but i think they're you know i don't think you need to be necessarily a green in inverted commas to to recognize that there are just lessons for us yes. about the way we the way we sort of live our lives in this I think there's definitely a newfound respect for key workers that people wouldn't necessarily have deemed essential, you know, people, um, you know, people that work in shops, things like that. There's definitely a, a newfound respect. Um, and just because businesses are having to adapt so quickly themselves um, as well. So, I mean, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you you do more video calls and things like that. So. As an MP, how how else have you adapted? You know, during this time to home working, are you are you going stir crazy like everyone else is staying inside? I mean, I definitely, I I you know, I have I always respected my kids' teachers, but I respect them even more now. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, it's interesting. I think part of the challenge, and I, and I suspect anyone with kids will 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 feel this is what, what there's challenges at both ends of the generations. I think there's challenges of making your kids feel secure and i'm quite conscious about not exposing them to quite how you know awful this has been for so many people because i think you know if you constantly got the news on and they're constantly hearing that i do think it's quite emotionally destabilizing for kids my older son is in year six it means you know he was quite upset when when you know school was suspended because he was worried he wasn't going to ever see his friends again before he left primary school. So there's quite a lot of um, quite difficult emotional issues as well as the ones that we're all coping with. And then, you know, for older generations, I've got an elderly mother, um, you know, it's pretty tough for her. I, I you know, I communicate with her through um, uh, Skype or FaceTime, but, you know, not, I'm not able to see her. Um, and, and so I think, I suppose we're all kind of coping in terms of the way we work. 
Um, I'm doing surgeries. In fact, I've got one tomorrow. You know, MPs do these things called surgeries. I'm just doing it by phone. Um, you know, that's that's sort of, you know, it's it's, it's okay. I mean, I think, I, th I think, I think we'll, you know, we need to adapt and we need to learn some lessons. But there's no substitute for, well, there there, there can be substitutes for in person. But I think in person still matters. If you know what I mean. I mean, I, I wouldn't fancy doing this permanently. You know, trying to trying to sort of conduct your business just in this way. Yeah, I was listening to your uh, one of your latest podcasts this morning, and uh, I think you've got a new dog. Did you say? <laughs> oh gosh, you're, you're, you're gonna you're gonna out me, my fictional dog. So we don't have a dog, basically. Um, and 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 my wife, and this is maybe is a sign of, sort of what happens to you when you're in lockdown. My wife said, "I know a really nice dog's name is Chutney. Let's just." create a fictional dog chutney because it's got all the advantages of having a dog which is you know you kind of well, probably doesn't but i mean you can imagine the advantage of having a dog without some of the obligations so i was saying <laughs> the, so you know i was saying that on the podcast you know we, we're, we're we're sitting eating our, uh, a meal in the evening and you know i'll say oh chutney down you know and my kids will look at me as if i've really you know lost it um but um yeah maybe we'll end up with a dog we were still we're still trying to work out what breed our fictional dog is I, th I think lockdown is uh, sending you yeah. a bit loopy. Um, <laughs> um, I just want to uh, go back to uh, furlough, if that's all right, just for a minute. Um, so we, we, you talked about it, uh, you know, it needs to be more flexible. Uh, I was just wondering yeah. about your views and what exactly you'd try to get changed. What, what, what could be, what, what do you think it could look better? How do you think it could look better? Well, my this is sort of the lead in this is our treasury team but my understanding of it is that you you've got these three week cycles of it and therefore you sort of got to switch people on or switch people off for at least a period of three weeks and what what businesses have said to me is look that it doesn't give us enough flexibility sure we can furlough some workers but not others but you know we might need people for example to work less I mean, you know, a lot of people are working less and those people are not being covered if, if their salaries are falling significantly, many fewer hours. So, you know, I'm aware, as I said earlier, of the technical constraints in this, but just, just I, I would appeal for more flexibility in the way the system, in the, in the way the system operates. You know, listening to what businesses are saying about the additional flexibility they will need, particularly as we come out of lockdown, and that flexibility will be more necessary. Now, look, if you're in the Chancellor's shoes, for the reasons that Nikki talked about earlier, and the debt question, you're going to be thinking, you know, I need this schemes turned off as quickly as possible. But I think uh, Rishi Sunak did say in the House of Commons on Monday that he recognised that it might need to taper away. And, and, and so, you know, the more the government can introduce greater flexibility, the, the, the better it will be, I think. Uh, it is about the flexibility i mean that's what i'm hearing it's about being able to uh bring staff in for shorter periods of time so it might be you know getting them to work 50 percent of the, the time that they normally work exactly. or 20 percent exactly. of the time or exactly and, and also as as we come out of lockdown which which we you know it, it is not going to just be black and white and it does worry me that some businesses do think it's going to be black and white but it as we come out of lockdown we're going to need that uh flexibility to to slowly but surely bring sales back in and bring staff back in exactly and uh and you know look in my mind it also is once you know we've been saying to the government please do publish an exit strategy as soon as as soon as possible um 
you know, we've really got to put our arm around those businesses that are going to be the, you know, further to the back of the queue in terms of reopening. Because, you know, it's one thing for the businesses that are able to reopen, but if it's the case, and I, I don't have inside information on this, so I'm not sort of making an announcement, but if it's the case that the hospitality industry has got to be further to the back of the queue, we can't just say, you know, I said right at the beginning of this crisis when, when Matt, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, announced the public health measures, I got up in the and said, look, extraordinary public health measures have got to be accompanied by extraordinary economic measures supporting those the, the businesses concerned. This is before I was in this job. And I, I kind of, you know, I continue to feel that. And, I, and I, I think the government's ambitions on this are good. It's our job to kind of close the gap between the ambition and the reality. Um, I, 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 we're going to wrap this up very shortly. Uh, I just had a, I can't not ask this question, um, but I'm really curious on how different you think uh, Labour's going to be under uh, Sir Keir Star, uh, uh, Starmer uh, and, and where you think things are going to go. Well, look, I think he's made an excellent start. I think he's, I, the, I, you know, other voters will be the judge of this, but I think what he's tried to do is show that we can be the opposition, which is our job, but we can be constructive. We can ask searching questions. I'm sure he'll do that in the House of Commons today, um, uh, Prime Minister's questions, but do it in a way that is clearly uh, constructive and mature. I think for any leader, when a party's lost a general election as badly as we did in uh, 2019 at the end, end of last year, you're going to have to have a process of rebuilding. I, I'm happy to be part of his team. I think he recognises that Labour's got to unif be unified um, in order to show that we can, you know, have an aspiration of leading the country. Um, so, so I think he's look. I think he's doing well. Voters will be the judge. But you know, it's it's it's. I think at this moment, Johnny, if I'm honest, um, I sort of think, you know, even less than normal. I think the issue is less how is any political party doing? I think the issue is much more, how do we come together as a country? I think, you know, I, I, I think in a way, I was leader of the opposition. I had to do all that Yarboo stuff in the House of Commons. Most people think I wasn't that good at it. Maybe I wasn't. Um, I think if we could get to a politics that was less finger pointing, point scoring, I think it would be a lot better. You know, and if we've modelled, you know, I was saying earlier, we've got to learn lessons from this crisis. If we've modelled that a bit in this crisis, maybe we can, maybe we can have a bit more of that. I think it's one, one thing to say there's, they, there will be competing visions about going back to the questions you and Nikki have asked about how do we recover as a country? Who, you know, how do we, how do we distribute the burden if we, if taxes have to go up? How do we distribute the burden between the richest and and, and everyone else? So those those questions may divide parties um you know how much should government be spending where should it be spending the money so those things will divide parties but maybe we can do it in a slightly more um in, in a kind of less hateful way i suppose because i think politics became i mean after i stopped being leader and then with the brexit referendum and so on i mean politics became incredibly hateful on all sides and and you know this crisis has 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 dialed down that volume a lot, and and I hope it doesn't dial just back up again. If if, if I'm frank, because I, I you know, that's not sort of what I'm in politics for, really.
Yeah, and 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 we we had a question on that, but we're going to avoid it. Uh, so, uh, I, just um, lastly, um, a couple of silly quick questions. Go uh, on. I've got I've got one. Um, yeah. Are you still a, a big Leeds United supporter? Or are we? Uh, you know, we're in Leeds I'm, right now. I'm a bit of a lapsed Leeds United supporter, in truth. Oh, um, so, I'm a so no opinion on whether they're going to go back up. I'm not. I'm a little. Well, goodness knows whether this season restarts and when it restarts. Um, I'm a bit more lapsed than I should be, actually. My my children are sort of pulling me in different directions. I think they're still trying to work out who exactly they support. Nikki's got one for you. Um, so I'm asking this because I wouldn't be forgiven if I didn't ask this question. Um, we've got a lot of runners in, in the group, surprisingly. I'm not one of them personally. But um, you apparently attend a lot of park runs. Um, yes, and... I do. Including yeah. one in Cosworth Hall in Doncaster. Yeah, the question was, you know, what was your what's your favourite one that you've you know you've done and you know you I really love I, mean, <laughs> I would I would say this maybe I I really love the one in Cosworth Hall. Um I, I don't know whether you know Cosworth Hall, but but it's like it's just a fantastic place to have a have a park run. It's got a lake, it's got like a fantastic grounds. Um I mean there's Sandal Park, so I don't want to do down Sandal Park, which is not in my constituency, but that's good too. Um I mean, I do really miss Parkrun, um, and you know, it's obvious the reasons uh, for for um, for it not being not taking place. Um, we interviewed actually for my podcast Paul Sinton Hewitt, the founder of Parkrun, a couple of uh, weeks ago, and you know, he he's just an amazing guy. It started with, you know, maybe there's a lesson in this. It started with um, uh, twelve of his friends, I think, in two thousand and four. And it's now millions of people across the world. I mean, that's just an extraordinary achievement. And the interesting thing about Parkrun, for those who do it, they'll they'll this will strike a chord with them. You know, people think it's about running, and and it obviously is about running, but it's about so much more than that. It's about the social life you get out of it, meeting other people, feeling part of something bigger than you, yourself. And maybe there is a wider lesson in that. I think. I think. You know, I do think this this crisis has as as happened in Britain in the past. Obviously, not in our lifetime. Um, because you know, it's, it will shortly be remembering VE Day, seventy-five years since, since VE Day, and you know, it, I think it, you get a sense of what it was like in the Second World War. I mean, I think you get a little insight into the fact that you know, neighbours talk to each other more, maybe in a socially distant way. Um, um, you know, people look after each other more. I, I, I saw it in my constituency, by the way, in the floods, the floods of last year. You know, the amazing community coming together. And, you know, we're at our best definitely as a country when we're in a, when we're in a crisis. Maybe we need to reproduce more the spirit of the crisis outside the crisis. And I think something like Parkrun is a good, is a good is a, is, you know, is a little, is a small but quite significant um, example of that. Absolutely. Um, Ed, it's been amazing that you've uh, come on. What's great to see is how accessible you are. Uh, you want to get across an email address, don't you? Have you got that? Yes, I do. Uh, business at labour.org.uk. Business at labour.org.uk. There's a couple of things I'd say about that. Please do send us on your experiences, good and bad. If you're having a good experience, we'd like to hear about it. Bad experience too. We'll, I will I will look at every case that comes into the email uh, box because that's what I've been doing um, because it will help inform the next stages of what we argue for. The, the, the only kind of caveat I'd say is 
in terms of taking up your case, in other words, personally in trying to intervene, do go to your MP. Just one of the things is that maybe this isn't widely known. UK Finance that runs the banks, um, they have a way in which MPs can take cases around the loan scheme directly to them. So it's like a sort of, you know, a, a kind of system for taking that case. So, so if you've had like a bad loans experience, for example, do go to your local MP. If you had a, a you know, if you're falling through the cracks on grants or that if you're worried about the dividends issue or other issues, insurance, do also go to your MP. But it is worth, whatever party your MP is, it is really worth doing that. But also do send us your um, experiences as well. It's it's brilliant how accessible you are, um, and it's fabulous to see that you're campaigning for businesses. You've got uh, maybe your heart. I mean, maybe I can make a suggestion, particularly given my unfortunate absence in the middle. Maybe we can do this again in a couple of months' time, because you know I think implicit okay. in this is it's not going to be over quickly. And as a sounding board for what you're hearing um, as this is going on, um, it will be really good to to keep in touch and do it again. We'd be yeah. absolutely delighted to have awesome. you back. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, I, it's been uh, it's been brilliant. Uh, just to remind everyone, uh, we are on Facebook with the Coronavirus Yorkshire Business Support Group. Uh, it's been fabulous to have uh, Ed here today. Thank you again. Thank um, you. Lastly, uh, Ed, uh, your podcast, which we both like, The Reasons to be Cheerful. What's your reason to be cheerful today, just to put you on the spot? What is my reason to be cheerful today? <laughs> um, you on the spot. Uh, gosh, um, I'm now just... I'm sort of racking. I'm, I'm I'm racking. I'm racking my brains. Um, both of you, how's that for a calling answer? Oh. <laughs> Fabulous. Love it. Uh, thanks everyone for coming. Um, and uh, it's uh, we'll do another live Q and A. There's one at four o'clock this afternoon on uh, LinkedIn. We've got another one coming up next week with Leeds City Council on micro businesses. Uh, and uh, you've all been a delight. We shall see you soon. It's bye from me. Ed, say if you want to say bye goodbye. Bye from me. Nikki. Bye. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleek.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Tag me in your social media posts and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon.